0: Welcome to Career Tools. This week, how long to stay in a job? The questions this cast answers are, can I leave a job after less than a year? Is it possible to stay too long in a job? And what is the perfect length of time to stay in a job? If you're ready for 2020 and you're thinking you want to have a great year, then maybe you need to get your management training in in December before the new year starts. We'll be in Chicago on December 10th and 11th with an EMC, an Effective Manager Conference, and an ECC, Effective Communicator Conference. These are the last public conferences of the year, so if you want to get it in in 2019, this is your chance. So, Mike, I did some research, actual research for this cast. (laughs) That's always good. Actual research, not even Wikipedia. I did real research. Um, And I found out that the average tenure of somebody in a job in the U.S. is 4.2 years, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, who would know. And it's been unchanged for the last four years, despite all of those articles that you read everywhere about uh, millennials don't stay in the job very long, they job hop and all that stuff. They don't, apparently. Um, the average length of time that someone stays in a job is pretty much holding steady. But of course, the average isn't very helpful because BLS looks at everything from sanitation workers to uh, CEOs. And so um, for, for everybody else, they're kind of like, well, what about my particular situation? So there are some guidelines, and that's what we're going to tell everybody in this cast.
1: Outstanding. So what's what's the outline of what we're covering today, Wendy?
0: So we're talking, first, job hopping is bad. We have an opinion, obviously. Job hopping is bad. Staying too long is bad. Stay for at least one year and try to build an average tenure of at least two and a half to three years.
1: All right. So the first one, job hopping is bad. Some would disagree, but <laughs> but... <laughs> Nobody's opinion that matters not just just kidding folks just <laughs> kidding <laughs> um so t- tell us why we think job hopping is bad
0: the thing is that people see articles by people or about people who've moved jobs every year or every 18 months. And they always say, Oh, I'm doing so well. I'm a manager. I'm, you know, I've got a really good job now and I only got it because I changed jobs every 18 months, or I've got a really good salary because I got a 20% pay rise every time I changed jobs, none of which I believe, but they put all of their success down to the fact that they change jobs so often. But the thing that, that they think they're super smart because they are getting a load of experience and they're increasing their salary. And it's almost like they found a hack to uh, hack the whole career thing. But the thing about those articles are is that it's always people that are in the first five to seven years of their career. It's never someone 20 years into their career because when you get to 15 or 10 years, you realize that you actually have to stay in places to get the kind of experience in order to keep on moving up. There isn't actually a hack, surprise. There's no shortcut to anything, and there's no hack uh, to careers, and certainly job hopping isn't the one, if it were there.
1: Okay, I'm almost, not quite folks, but almost 60 years old, so I've been around a while. Um, And there have been times where I've seen people, apparently becoming very successful doing a lot of job hopping, during some booms and I was in the tech space. So in, in a particular boom, they did really well. So in the short term, it looked like they did well. Fast forward a decade and you go back and you find out that they were great for that two or three years. And then they completely stagnated and it won't get into the reasons. Uh, I will, we'll, we'll talk about them today. And I don't, I don't know that many people look at their career, um, or if they do, they shouldn't look at it in a short-term way. Most people think about a 20-year career or a 30-year career. So I'd encourage folks to take a longer-term view of your career. And if somebody says they're having great success, um, generally over a short period of time, and it's not repeatable over the long-term, in my humble experience.
0: (laughs) And you've got the experience, so So we've got a list of things that Um, managers or hiring managers tend to assume or tend to think when you have a resume, which has a lot of different jobs on it. So these people that are super smart and changing their job every 18 months, there's a bunch of assumptions that come with that when they send their resume off, which is why there is a point at which they do stagnate. So we're going to talk about what those are in case people haven't sort of thought of the other side of being super smart. So the first thing is, managers think that you can't take the tough times. The assumption is- You mean
1: you mean hiring manager, some future hiring manager, when they're looking at your resume and your experience, they're gonna think you can't take the tough times.
0: Right, because if you look at a resume and it has a f- frequent job changes, they're, they're gonna think, oh, maybe that person left every time things got tough. We have a very underrated podcast about this, which is called The Downturn Rite of Passage. And it's one of my favorites and nobody ever mentions it. So I'm going to encourage everyone to go listen to it. But that cast describes a bunch of reasons why leaving your company or your industry in a downturn is a bad idea and recommends options to consider in those situations. But what too many professionals miss or they fail to realize is that leaving the company or the industry in during a downturn has a long-term consequence because executives are expected to have experience navigating all the way through a slowdown and back up the other side.
1: Yeah, it's not as if it's cyclical, right? So there's so many industries that it's always up, it's always up, there's never a downturn, right? So right. why would you want an executive that knows what to do during a downturn? I can't, can't imagine why that would be.
0: Right. Yeah, can't imagine. Um, and it's really easy to show success when there's a rising tide lifting all boats, right? If, if you're in the tech sector and tech's been booming for the last five years and you've done well and you've hit your targets or you've put out a great product and everybody's bought it, it's easy to show success then. But it's much harder to show success during a downturn. And that's where many executives and this spurs So if you can show stable revenue or even growth through a recession, the hiring manager will believe you can do pretty much anything because you just proved you can. If you can keep even revenue stable during a downturn which is affecting everybody else in your industry, you must have superpowers and that's what they see on your resume. Exactly. So another assumption they'll make if you if they look at your resume and see that you've been job hopping is thinking that you're not a team player. So every time you leave a team, you are essentially leaving the team in the lurch. Most people only give two weeks' notice. It's nowhere near long enough to hire someone new. Um, It's not long enough to do a handover. So you've left teams in the lurch. Now, it's possible that the team was disbanded behind you every single time, but it's not probable. It's much more likely that you've left teams struggling to cope with the loss of your skills and experience and what you were contributing to that team. If the team is just fine after you left, that's not a good reflection on you that says you weren't contributing anything, so they didn't miss you. That's not a good thing. So you either left them in the lurch or you weren't contributing anything.
1: By the way, I didn't I didn't mention this at the beginning, to just, just to give you a little bit more energy, Wendy, around this particular problem. Somebody who's very close to me, um, who you may have heard of, I was having a conversation with her just yesterday at the dinner table. So I guess it's, I guess I'm narrowing down who this is, <laughs> and it's not my daughter, folks. Um, and she's struggling with. I, I think it's safe to talk about on the podcast, but she's struggling. With, she has an associate doctor working for her, who is working, you know, a couple days a week in her in her office. Uh, And this individual has a job elsewhere at another practice, and he's not enjoying it at all. Um, And he's been working for uh, my wife and this other doctor for, I don't know, like both for like three months. And Mm -hmm. I won't get into all the details, probably too much. But suffice it to say, it's not going well, and as far as I understand, not because of him right mm-hmm. uh, and that's the question that's the question he asked her at lunch yesterday was hey um I want to leave um what do you think <laughs> and she made the mistake of asking me and
0: you can imagine <laughs> what I said <laughs>
1: so I, I, I'm going to say, I'm gonna give her the show notes to give to him uh, this week <laughs> because I think he'll find it pretty interesting
0: Right. Yeah, you can't just leave because it's hard. Like otherwise, you'll find life very difficult.
1: Yeah, and he's he's not gonna enjoy. The, he's not gonna enjoy the advice. So. No. So sorry in advance, guy. All right. Anyways, sorry. This this is just. You know, when we found out we were going to talk about this today, I was like, "Oh, this, this is awesome!" Matter of <laughs> yeah. fact, I didn't write these show notes, folks. Wendy did. But um, you know, if I was smart, I would call this. I know, I know this gentleman. Obviously, I'd call him up and say, "Hey, here's my here's some very deep." I just thought about it for like ten seconds, and
0: yeah, here's eleven pages I wrote about it. Yeah, here's a
1: quick, you know, eleven-page email <laughs> describing why I think you ought not to leave. <laughs> that would be that'd be pretty awesome. Uh, Unethical. (laughs) It'd be a lie, but it'd be be awesome. All right, sorry, sorry, folks. Long story. No,
0: we're just proving that. Hopefully, what I wrote was true, which I would hope it was. But you just proved it was, so that's good. Um. So the next thought that managers might have if they see a resume where you've been job hopping is that you're shallow not shallow as a person, but shallow as in your experience. Because when you start a new job, by definition, you have no depth of experience in that role. Even if you have experience elsewhere, you start a job, say it's an accountant, right? An accountant is a profession that has qualifications, it has education, it has, you know, one accountant should have the same experience roughly as another accountant. But even when you come into a new team, you may know the accounting principles and, and you know how your, the companies that you worked for previously manage their accounts, and that's part of the reason you've been hired. But you're not using that knowledge deeply because you don't understand the context in which you're working to a deep extent. You know, you don't know where all the bank accounts are. You don't know how the company is structured. You don't know who's got the power and who hasn't and uh, all that stuff. You, you cannot make strategic recommendations or fix systemic problems or make significant improvements in the first six months, a year, because you just don't understand the company and the systems well enough or have the relationships, which mean that your recommendations um, would be accepted.
1: I think that's a significant point. I think of it as um, more time you have a company, you have a significant amount of goodwill, right? And Mm -hmm. that goodwill, people tend to, in my experience, they tend to discount that when considering moving to another company. To some extent, they're they're effective because of that goodwill, right? Part of that goodwill is relationships and trust and all those things. And it's hard to make progress across a broader team if you don't have all those things. And when you get to your new company, you'll have none of it. None of it, right. right? And if you were habitually in a job less than a year or thereabouts, you will never have it anywhere, uh, and you won't be able to achieve the results that you need to to be able to prove your way into another, another firm.
0: Mm-hmm. So you'll never get to the more senior roles because you'll never have that depth of experience that's required.
1: Yeah, building relationships, folks, that's... That's an experience you need to have.
0: <laughs> exactly. Uh, one more. Uh, managers will think that you're unreliable. So it's, it kind of follows the same logic as not a team player. If you leave companies frequently, you have proved that those companies cannot rely on you. Or the people, the teams, your manager, the people that work, you were working for, You they couldn't rely on you. They may on may not know that before you leave, but you've proved it. And your resume tells everybody that's true. Now they thought that you were going to be around a reasonable amount of time, which is usually a minimum two years, um, and you just weren't there.
1: Well, and they also feel that they that in the first six months to a year they're investing in you. I mean, most most managers realize that you're not going to be at your peak performance in the first three months, right? They're going to invest in you. And they're going to spend time with you. They're going to do. One on ones with you, they're going to give you lots of feedback. They're going to coach you. They're going to delegate to you. Does that does that sound all familiar to some of you? Yeah. She's going to do all that with you, um, and it's an investment in time and energy. And most people, when they make investments, they want the return on that investment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, they they got to be convinced that they, they're going to, that you're going to be you're going to produce the results um, based on the investment they they put into you.
0: And so it's going to be really hard for you to convince a new hiring manager that you're not just going to do the same thing, like join for a year and leave them in the lurch. Um, Maya Angelou, it's a bit bit woo-woo for career tools, but Maya Angelou says, when someone shows you who they are, believe them the first time. So if your resume shows that you are unreliable and that you leave people in the lurch, a smart hiring manager will believe what you're telling them.
1: Woo woo, huh? Is that a that a, is that a technical is that a technical <laughs> career development term? Woo woo. Yeah, don't tell woo-woo. Mark. Okay, <laughs> all right, good enough. Uh,
0: another reason um, you don't want to job hop is if there are layoffs, you will be the first out, because deciding who to lay off is a difficult task. Discussions centre around skills and experience and salary and relationships and a whole bunch of other factors, but a gross simplification of a common method of choosing who will go and who will stay would be described as last in, first out. So if you're always the last person to join a team, that may be a reason why you get laid off a lot. You know, if a team of 10 needs to lose five heads, the manager doesn't want to lose the five most experienced people. They're the five people who are most likely to be able to cope with an increased workload and he wants to keep them. And that leaves the five least experienced as the ones who will be let go.
1: Yeah, well, and you, and you haven't been there long enough to have, uh, again, to have the relationships that you can count on to to be backed. You know, you're not, not going to have somebody going to your manager. Man, you need to keep you need to keep Wendy, dude. <laughs> she's 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 the bomb. You're not going to have that um, no. again. Hurts.
0: The less experienced people have, usually the cheaper it is to let them go. There's another reason. If you move companies constantly, you'll always be the new guy, and you'll always be the one that's most at risk from a layoff.
1: Not a good situation. (laughs) No.
0: So hopefully we've convinced the people that job hopping or moving too frequently is a bad thing. So now we're going to tell them the opposite is a bad thing, which is staying too long. So staying too long is bad.
1: Oh, now you've got to arrange if I stay too long. Okay. All right
0: hopefully we're we're gonna narrow it down in a bit so the opposite of job hopping that is staying in a job too long is also a negative for your career there's an important distinction here staying in one job too long is bad staying in one company is not
1: that's a great distinction right (laughs) glad you said that
0: so if you've been with your company for 10 years and you've done three jobs with increasing responsibility you're doing just fine so you don't need to worry if you're Company is always changing, and you've and although you've had the same job title, you've done lots of new and exciting things, worked on great projects. Then you're probably doing just fine too.
1: There are situations where staying with a company too long could be career limiting, based right. yeah, you know, based upon the industry. Like for example, if you're still sticking around and working for the uh, buggy whip manufacturing company, then I'd say you probably have some some problems. So. It's not always true. We're not we're not suggesting that you have to stay with a company for 35 years. We're not saying that either.
0: No, not at all. Yeah, you need to look at your industry and the longevity of your industry as well, right? But if you've been in a role for 10 years with the same company and your responsibilities have not increased and your industry couldn't be described as the chaotic end of the scale or the vibrant end of the scale – It's possible that your eventual move may be hampered by what others may see as stagnation. It may not be true, but it's something that you have to take into account. And unfortunately, what happens is the transition that people make that have been in jobs for a long time is almost certainly caused by a layoff, and then they don't have anything. They have less to offer for a new employer because they don't have anything recent changes. They don't have an evidence of their ability to grow. um, And then their resume doesn't look great when there's a whole bunch of people trying to go for the same job because there's been layoffs. So if you're in that circumstance, if you're not reading and staying abreast of current trends in your industry, you're making life harder for yourself. You're making the search after layoffs really hard. So for that reason, and the ones we're about to list, you might want to think about moving if you're in that situation. And you don't have to go look for a new job right today, but you might want to start thinking about doing that in the next year or two years. So one of the reasons managers think that you've been stagnating is they think you're not growing. So managers think that people who stay in in a job for five years or more either don't want to grow or aren't capable of growth. So there's a saying, I found this, there's a saying, fish grow to the size of the tank. And the the idea is that fish can achieve a certain size within a tank, and they stop growing when the environment no longer supports that growth. So in other words, if you put a goldfish in one of those little bowls, it'll never grow into a koi. It'll always stay a little goldfish in a little bowl.
1: Just a hint, Wendy, a goldfish. Will never turn into a koi, <laughs> no matter how large the pond you put it in. I'm just, oh. just saying.
0: Really, is that how it works? That's
1: yeah, that's kind of how it works. I get you. It won't it won't grow into the size of a koi, that's for sure. And I and, and folks, I have a pond. This is this is true. I have a pond in my backyard, and I have goldfish. I also have koi, but I have goldfish, and they are much larger than you will find in a little uh, goldfish bowl. So yeah, it's true. Of course, I've heard that saying forever, but I'm not sure I really believed it until, until I witnessed it firsthand, yeah.
0: till you had a pond. <laughs> so when you stay in one company, it's as if you reach maximum size possible in that environment, and then you don't grow any further. And when you choose to stay there, the hiring managers read it as you saying, I want to stay in my little goldfish bowl. I don't want to grow anymore. I don't want to be in a bigger environment where I can become a koi. So they think you're not growing. They also think that you're not learning. It's a rare for a company to change systems, processes, or the demands of a single job more often than five to ten years. There's not usually a sea change more often than that. So you might have introduced Agile in the last five years, for example, but do you think you're going to introduce another methodology in the next five? Probably not.
1: Although you might get some coy. I don't know. <laughs>
0: Well, you can answer this. And do you think, because uh, you're the IT guy, do you think Agile will be replaced by something significant in the next five years?
1: Oh, probably not. Yeah, I mean, eventually it would be something. There's always something around it. But yeah, I don't know if an organization could sustain that kind of change more than once right. every five years.
0: Everybody's head would explain.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: You might be working on a variety of products in the 10 years that you've been in that role. But if you don't move roles, you're not really learning anything new. Because companies' products tend to be similar, and the methodology is similar, so you're not really learning anything. So instead of getting two or three rounds of new experience, you're getting the same experience three times, and that doesn't help your resume. Yeah,
1: that doesn't help, right? Repeating the first grade 10 times doesn't put you into 10th grade.
0: No. So they told me. (laughs) By the way, if you're thinking this is true for other people, but millennials are job hopping more, you're wrong. Um, It's not a millennial thing to job hop more. It's an age thing. So individuals born in the latter years of the baby boom held an average of 12.3 jobs from ages 18 to 52, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. And nearly half of those jobs were held between 18 to 24. So Even in the baby booms, they would have been In the 70s, people held six jobs between 18 and 24. In other words, the earlier you are in the career, the shorter the duration of jobs you're likely to have. And you'll notice that the change slows down after 24, which is about the time that people complete college and start their first grown-up job. And so what's happening is, the pre-college or the pre-completion of college or the pre-24-year-old jobs tend to be the ones that you don't work at for very long. Like you work somewhere for a summer or you work somewhere for a year after college where you look for your grown-up job and you tend to change jobs frequently then. And that's what everybody saw when they were saying, oh, millennials job hop more. But now millennials are growing up and they're in their 30s. They too are slowing the change down. When we dreamed up Roadmap, we imagined a tool for managers to record their data around the manager tool's trinity's behaviors. First, it helps you roll the trinity out, keeping you on track and focused. Later, it measures those things we try to achieve as managers. If one-on-ones are a proxy for the measurement of relationships, we see Roadmap as a way to record data about the strength of our relationships. Recording your feedback is a way to record the amount of direct input you give your team members. We dreamed of an app that could help capture the work we do to strengthen our organization. And now we have one roadmap is available as a function of the manager tools, license app for licensees, or as a part of in-house training support.
1: Okay. So I can't job hop made that clear. Can't stay too long. All right. So give me some parameters on how long I I should be staying. How long can I stay and how long should I be staying?
0: Okay. So we want you to stay for at least a year, unless there are ethical issues or real abuse. You know, if your uh, manager slaps you around, then don't stay. If somebody's right. stealing if, money, we if beat you don't with a stay. stick
1: every day. Then I guess you right. can leave, but only after a year.
0: No, um, no, no, you can leave right away if oh, okay. somebody hits you. Right. Uh, if someone's stealing money or acting illegally, yes, go. You don't have to stay more than the next hour. And if that's not the case, then you need to try and stick it out for at least a year. And the shorter the time you're in your last role, the longer you need to be in this one. So a tenure of really a few months really emphasizes all of the negatives that we talked about, about you not having experience, you're not being deep in your experience, you're not ha- um, having re- deeper relationships. And some people will recommend that if you only stayed a few months, you live it off your resume which is not ethical.
1: Do we recommend that? Is that one of our recommendations? can no. imagine we would, yeah.
0: No, your resume has to have all the jobs you did. The resume is there to give hiring managers the information they need to decide whether or not to interview you. You staying in the job for only a few months is relevant and material, and hiding it is the same as hiding the fact that you didn't graduate or you got fired from your last job it's really hard to,
1: to hide it. I mean, you could, you could just leave it off and have three months blank time in there. And any hiring manager worth her salt going to ask the question, well, I see there's three months between these two jobs. What did you do? Well, what are you going to do? You're going to lie. I guess you could lie. Well, there's an ethical issue. The other option, I guess, is to extend one job longer or mm-hmm. make one job start sooner. Again, that's an ethical issue. And you interviewing with me and I find, and you do that, then you lied and <laughs> that's the end of that interview.
0: That's the end of that. I had someone, I once hired someone, or I didn't hire them. The hiring manager hired them against my advice. Um And uh, she had a start date and she came in on the start date. And the day before we found out that uh, we we were doing references. So we were calling to make sure that um, her resume and her job experience were the same. We called her previous employer. They told us that she left three months before her resume said that she'd left. She hadn't told us that. Her resume was a lie, essentially. And so my job was to go out to her on her first day. She was sitting in reception, waiting to go to her desk to tell her that we wouldn't be hiring her and she could leave. Oh <laughs> because she uh, lied.
1: But that was a fun a it fun, was a thing.
0: fun morning. Yeah. It wasn't good for her and it wasn't good for me. So don't do that.
1: Yeah. Don't lie, obfuscate on your on your resumes. It's it's not it's not good and those kind of things they you know i found over the years that industries are smaller the people you're going to run into them more often than you you might like uh particularly in this circumstance when you've mm-hmm. lied uh that stuff tends to follow you around not good
0: we we'll tell you a fun um a fun story about the world being smaller than you think ananda who's one of manager tools his friends um who's a sweetheart uh, we went to the M Conference. Yeah, so
1: you think he's a sweetheart, and I think he's just super smart. <laughs> <So> <laughs> <You're> that's, <laughs> that's... <laughs>
0: and he is super smart.
1: And he's a nice guy, too. I, don't get me I wrong. I knew but... him
0: before he was an executive. Oh, he's you did? Okay. Sweet. Oh, yeah. So um, one of the people attending the M Conference worked at Telus in Canada. It's a telecommunication company. And Ananda's brother works there. So he sends his brother a text and says, like, I bet you don't know that. I bet, like. There's no way you're going to know this guy, but hey, this guy's coming to the, the M conference. And it turned out that Ananda's brother had sat next to the guy for the last five years.
1: See, there you go. There you go.
0: The world is way smaller than you think. Yeah. So if you need a reason for staying longer in roles, take it from us that have had a few jobs. Every job is disappointing in the beginning. It always is. The first three months are always hard and frustrating because you think you're good at something and then all of a sudden you can't get anything done because you don't have any relationships and you don't have any depth of experience. Um, you build it up in your mind where you're getting the job and then it's not what you thought it was. You know, the hiring manager says, oh, you'll be dealing with our most valuable customers. And you hear, oh, I'm going to be dealing with all of the important people. And then when you get on the job, no sensible hiring manager is going to get you loose with, let you loose with the most important customers. So actually you end up dealing with the not very important customers and feeling disappointed.
1: Initially, at least initially. Yeah,
0: exactly. So having a rough first couple of months is normal. And so what happens is some people just leave and then they never get past the first three months when things start to get good. Um, It takes time to build a role into one that you'll enjoy. It takes time to get to know your team and the company and your customers and develop relationships, to develop the skills you need for this particular job, to feel confident in your recommendations and to get to the deeper work that we talked about. So this is my uh, wild ass, what do they call it? A wild ass guess. I reckon 80% of the time when somebody says they'll stick the job out, they promise themselves, I'm going to do this for a year, they end up staying longer. Because between six months and a year is exactly when it all starts to come together and you start to feel good about what you're doing.
1: Excellent. What's the average uh, tenure somebody should be shooting for? Obviously, a year is too, too short. What's what's reasonable?
0: A year's too short and 10 years is too long. So at least 2.5 to three years or two and a half to three years. And this is a very one size fits most kind of answer. And I would love to tell people exactly how long they should stay, but it's impossible to say that because it depends so much on your role, your industry, your seniority, your other job history. But two and a half to three years is the middle ground between more than a year and less than five. So if people want a number... That's what we recommend. Okay. Yeah. Now, if, you, if your industry is changing fast, then you can stay longer because the faster your industry and the company is changing, the more experience you're actually getting. You're not having that experience of the same first year three times. You're having lots of new experiences. So if your company is in one of those industries that changes every year um, and you're really getting new experience, then you can stay longer. You would also stay longer if you're more senior. So the more senior you are, the longer it takes to make the kind of changes or to achieve the kind of results um, that are expected. So I put in your story here so you could tell the story.
1: You put it in, but the, the, the point of the story is that it takes longer to achieve some objectives. Yeah, yeah. sorry, I, I don't know. I've talked about it on, on at least one other podcast before back when I was a f- fairly new IT director at MCI at the time. And uh, the organization had a number of issues. And I set a bunch of objectives, one of which was over the last probably seven years, they had on average about 600 significant trouble tickets opened against the system. This was the system that managed all the accounts that fed billing, customer service, telemarketing, all the the calls that those who are old enough will remember getting at the dinner table. So there's 600 of these things, and the average length of each of them had been opened was like five years. Whoa. So it's just... Just crazy. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't like it, and neither did the internal customers either. So um, I decided that I would quite arbitrarily, after zero consultation with my senior managers and management team, I decided that I would set the uh, a goal of having them down to zero by the end of the year. So that was my very, very, uh, very scientific um, uh, estimation system of what we could do. Like now get to zero, and I could pick another another reasonable number, but to me, they weren't very exciting. Like, let's get it down to 347. That didn't seem like very compelling. No. So I just arbitrarily said zero. Um, now, it took nine months, and we didn't get it down to zero. We got it down, you know, and there's nine, by the time this all happened, there's like nine months left in the year. So nine months, we got it down to seven.
0: It's just pretty amazing. It wasn't quite zero, seven. but
1: yeah it, was pretty, yeah, it was pretty good. I was pretty, yeah. And I, and, and folks, we didn't achieve our goal of zero, but we celebrated. <laughs> we celebrated yeah. that amongst some other uh, supposedly impossible goals as well, of which we all achieved. So anyways, that there were a lot of things that I had to do in terms of relationship building. There's some processes we had to put in place. We had to work with customers in order to get their their help in closing these things out, testing etc. et cetera. Um, I couldn't have done any of that if I had just showed up at the job the month before, there's no way. And I certainly couldn't have got it done in three months, right. And claim some kind of success when I go on to my next job. Sometimes it takes months and many times it takes years to achieve some of the objectives that executives have for their company. So.
0: And it's it's good because you had to clear all those trouble tickets, and then you could start building the exciting things and doing something that really changed everything.
1: Exactly, exactly. Yeah, another story, but it was it was fun. I I had great time there until WorldCom bought it and went bankrupt. But but until then, it was a lot until of fun. Until then,
0: it's great story. <laughs> So the the bigger the job, the longer you have to be there, which is why directors and executives stay longer to ensure the results are obtained and the benefits are realized. The last part of this is shorter stays are fine pre-college. So as I talked about earlier, when we look at tenure on resumes, we're mostly talking about what I would call grown-up jobs. So jobs where you work full-time with the pay That's enough for a responsible adult to live a reasonably modest but comfortable manner with little or no outside help. In other words, jobs where you don't rely on your parents to supplement your income, um, jobs where you uh, have to go every day, uh, jobs um, where you have a manager who actually tells you what to do, those kind of things. The jobs that most people have before and during college or even up to the age of college graduation, if they don't go to college, are generally not those kind of jobs. And, and having ro- those roles for short times is really not a negative.
1: Oh, thank God, my, my, my daughter who's going to LSU, no haters out there, no haters, LSU and studying architecture, but during the summer, she's has a job selling ice cream cones which she doesn't (laughs) particularly
0: like and i
1: I, i'm glad you said she does not have to be in there for 2.5 to three years because i think she'd um she killed herself yeah
0: i don't believe that she's old enough to go to college um and staying in those kind of jobs actually has a has a positive, not for two and a half years. But if you had a summer job and the following year you, you know, you go to college, you come back home and that and the next summer they take you back and you do the job again, that has a real positive spin on your on your resume. You know, you you obviously did well enough for them to want to employ you again. So sometimes having those jobs repeatedly but for short stints is a good thing. But it doesn't have to be. It's very common for college students to have a different job every summer and, you know, they get different experience. So either way, um, if you're pre-college or pre-before uh, the age of graduation, then you're fine if you are if you have shorter jobs. Just don't include those in all of what we've already said. Awesome. So when we make recommendations like the ones in this cast, we often get questions about particular circumstances and my sense is always that people are actually saying, I understand the recommendation, but it doesn't apply to me, right? Because I don't want it to apply to me because I'm in this job that I really hate and I want to leave after three months. Or um, I've been for this company, I've worked here for 10 years and I just, you know, my my chair is really the right shape for me. Don't want to have to go <laughs> and like break in another one. But nearly always... People are not the special snowflakes that they think they are. Sorry. Um, and the majority of people listening, this guidance does apply. Yeah.
1: If you're going through the struggle right now and you want to know if there's exceptions, of course, there are exceptions. You're just not the exception. Sorry.
0: <laughs> Almost certainly. And if you're using the whole getting more experience and salary hikes as reasons for job hopping, then yes, this guidance applies for you to you and you stop doing that. Well, You don't need to stop doing that and you'll soon find the negatives. And if you're using, I'm good at this and I like it here and I know everybody and I've driven the same route for the last 10 years and I like it as an excuse for staying in your current role, then yes, this guidance still probably applies to you.
1: Outstanding.
0: That was fun. I haven't recorded with you for ages.
1: That was. I enjoyed it and I'm looking forward to doing another one soon. So if I'm lucky, if I'm lucky, if you'll have it.
0: Yeah. Oh, I'll have. All <laughs> right. Thanks.
1: Thanks, Winnie. Thanks, everyone.
0: That's all for this week. We'll be back next week with something new.